Okay. Uh, 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 uh. We bought a mic! Tampa Bay, yeah! Oh, no. Oh, yeah! One. Herb Owl. Two. Three, four, five, six, seven. We bought a football. I don't want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to We Bought a Mic, a pop culture podcast. Sports are pop culture. Sports are pop culture. Yeah, so we're here today to talk about the weekend's halftime show. And um, nah, fucking psych. Tom Brady won his seventh Super Bowl. Just so just so you just so you guys know, Ernest, I know you're not the biggest football guy. Tom Brady now has more Super Bowl wins than any team in the NFL. Yeah, I saw I saw the charts. I saw the graphs. Yeah, so I'm like, is this necessary? Tom, Tom, I'm sorry to our number one listener and patron, uh, Brian, uh, who's Kansas City Chiefs were defeated in the Super Bowl. Oh, damn. I'm sorry I'm to Brian. So sorry, I, I'm Brian. pouring I out. I'm pouring one out for so you. so much more than Hunter does <laughs> in this instance <laughs> he, and most others. <laughs> <laughs> I am very sorry for you, Brian. I hope that you are doing okay. But get an offensive line, Brian. You, uh, Brian, use instead of paying us money, <laughs> can you send send, send a month to the Kansas City Chiefs? Send Andy Reid, uh, yeah, uh, like probably like twenty bucks, and get him to like trade up and sign Penay Sewell or something. So they, or, they didn't score a single touchdown, right? No, oh, no touchdowns. No man. touchdowns. Man, uh, I am or glad I didn't how about watch this? this like uh, fucking maybe like game. Andy Reid, like learn to like design some screen passes or something, or like. Timeout management, very like vintage Andy Reid. They just the thing mismanaging is, the well, clock. they weren't going to get any screens. They tried that, and uh, it doesn't matter where the ball's going if the line is everywhere and if you have the fastest linebacker in the league. Like, it doesn't matter who you're throwing to. But then beyond that, the problem is they did not add anyone to block. They was they were blocking with five people every play. Yeah, that was also just that was not, a massive failure. Yeah, not not a great job by the Chiefs. But hey. Tom did it again. And you know, we love to see it. Did you guys see the video on Twitter going around of him like drunk as fuck yes, yesterday? He looked it is it rough. is the most relatable that Tom Brady has ever been in his entire life. That he's just he's had to do Super Bowl parades where it's like fucking negative 10 degrees in Boston his entire career. He's like, cool. I get to celebrate the Super Bowl while being drunk as fuck at like 8 a.m. on yeah. a boat. This is the shit. Notably, not wearing a mask at all. I didn't see a single. Not, yeah, not when well, he was the on team land. Was, the team either. was all together, and then they were trying to like they were actually weren't keep help trying to help him stand up because he was drunk. They were trying to carry him away from the crowd because he wasn't wearing a mask. So we know okay, we know insane. Belichick refused the presidential medal of freedom for Trump. Are we sure that Brady would have done the same? Yes. Are we? Brady is Brady is a guy who. Uh, he is all about publicity and not neg- he is homelander for like yeah ex- honestly he's straight up he's homelander yeah drew kept saying while we were watching the super bowl that he is homelander and to that point homelander would not have accepted the presidential medal of freedom because it would have put too bad of press on him yeah another Brady another is not about bad press another comparison i feel is tom cruise yes it sort of reminds me of he and has looks, that yeah they're like, both named dude, tom. just my two yeah, favorite maybe people in the yeah. world that have no problems yeah just to their like, personalities they, whatsoever they just have they're so good at what they do but it's because that's the only thing that they care about yeah look tom doesn't fucking deep throat his son <laughs> 
He doesn't tongue his child. Uh, well, we don't know. He might have like sacrificed a baby to Scientology. So we don't we don't know for sure that that isn't. At least he doesn't do it on camera in front of people. Ah, uh, you know. Yeah. Look, I mean, that's but you are right that they're both so just all in on like this is the thing. That's why Tom Brady won't fucking retire. He's 43 and he refuses yeah. to retire because football. He has trained his body like football is the only thing I care about and I will do it until I die. Yeah. And that's why Tom uh, Cruise won't like shift down from Mission Impossible because he's like, what? how do I prep for like an A24 film? Like <laughs> no, what? Impossible. Yeah. Like what? The Safties just want me to wing it. Absolutely fucking. I, I want to fly a helicopter. If I could have a dream career though for Tom Cruise in the next 10 years it would be that he does the Adam Sandler thing except instead of making like Netflix shitty comedies he does his silly action movies and then like once every 8 to 10 years he's like I'm gonna try and win an award I don't think that he uh, has that sauce anymore I mean he used to I know he but could it's bring just, it back he looks like bad now like he he doesn't he looks he could play like a rundown guy like he could he could kind of or even he could shift his career to the where Keanu Reeves is at now like John Wick the reason one of the reasons Mm -hmm. why John Wick is great is because John Wick is like beaten down he's not Neo anymore he's like fuck dude again Um, like I have to fucking kill a bunch of assassins I'm Ernest hello (laughs) I'm Ernest (laughs) oh okay I am Hunter seven rings only three more to complete the gauntlet Mobley Mm -hmm. and I uh I'm not someone who would take credit for the achievements of someone I have never met and never will. I'm Drew. So uh, I hated watching the Super Bowl with you. It sucked. It's not the first time uh, you were right next to me. Was it as bad as when Hunter got belligerent? It wasn't as bad as the 28 to 3 game because that was the best day of my life. Yeah, this game was put away early. So it it was just like. Honestly, like, I don't think. I've already told Gaia, like, I'm sorry, our wedding, probably not going to match up to it. If we have a baby, like, newborn kid, probably not going to match up. That was, like, the greatest night of my entire life. Yeah. 28 to 3. Yeah. That's, yeah. It was, uh, yeah, it was the best. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on like the Super Bowl on the Super Bowl halftime show or anything? The weekend? Yeah, it was awesome. It was visually. Yeah. Did you know who they did was, a good job? Did you know who was the musical director of it? No. One O Tricks Point Never. No. Whoa. Wow. Musical director of the halftime. show. I will say there were some high highs with like the way they incorporated the social distancing of it all with the, the stage camera and in the back mm-hmm. in the back uh, stage with the light up shit and the stage. But as when he got to the to the field, I was a little bit on the fence. I still loved it, but I was like, I was just thinking like, this is this is unsettling. Like this is like some weird, creepy imagery going on. That's here with yeah. That's why I liked it. That's, yeah. See, it was, I, it was strange. It was non-mainstream for how much of a true pop mm-hmm. artist he is. Yeah. Like it was really like. I, I just felt like a lot of people maybe want more like wholesomeness out of their football, out of their Super Bowl. I've been interested to see like the takes online. It seems like for the most part, people like it because they're like, uh, he he was wandering around the stage. That's so silly. Like that was kind of people's take. But it did. It was like weirder than a lot of other times. I think that I'm of the opinion now after seeing the halftime show that like just don't put a fucking crowd on the field during the halftime show because without actually having a crowd there or just a limited capacity in the Super Bowl as well, the weekend Abel was performing directly to the camera more. And so it made you feel like you were more immersed in like seeing him perform for like a thousand people who like won a lottery to go 
be on the field of a halftime show. It was cool though. Good yeah. choreography. Great, cho- yeah, really cool yeah. choreography. Um, I we got to do something about the sound mixing at the Super Bowl. It's it's rough every single year. Yeah, but I mean, I thought that the weekend fucking killed it. He did I a really good job. Did. It was cool. It was it was like top uh top fifty percent like Super Bowl halftime shows. Like it was quality stuff. Oh, yeah. Given the circumstances, well, especially yeah, we got to stop having bands at the halftime shows. My other yeah, thing. bands Just keep artists. Uh, remember Maroon Five a couple years ago. Yeah, that wasn't they, great with the Travis Scott thing and yeah. the, the SpongeBob. What the only <laughs> the only so weird se- the only semi current band who could pull it off. I said this on Sunday is Foo Fighters because their mm-hmm. whole deal is arena rock. Uh, the only problem is that that doesn't represent any demographic shift. Whereas the weekend will get people to tune in who wouldn't tune in. Yeah, it's all he, about a ratings. I mean, look, the Foo Fighters also need like a new good song they just put out a new album recently and it's not good um so they had that means that they now have not had a great album since wasting light that's the yeah that's the problem is that seven eight years ago ten years ago yeah wasting light yeah no it came out in 2013 or 12 that's what i was thinking i thought Um, it was like eight to ten but something like that because it was playing our senior year of high school all the fucking time on (laughs) x101 april 2011 Wow, Damn. it's about to turn ten. God, they play that shit for like literally two years. <laughs> yeah. They played Walk every fucking. <laughs> I hour. am still a little bit sick of Walk from uh that all. I mean that song's yeah but, whatever. There's yeah. way way better songs on that album. Yeah. Oh yeah, Walk. definitely. Rope was a good lead single. Rope. I still like Rope, but Bridges Burning is like a top mm-hmm. Foo Fighters song. Yep. Did um, uh did were, were you guys at least did you have to like push down a semi chub whenever you saw um. Uh, Timmy, Timmy Scissorhands. Oh, oh, I saw that fuck. on Twitter earlier. In I was, the day, everyone so I was, was all good on that. Everyone in the place was like talking, like everyone at my house, and I like, I like, 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 <laughs> I was like, yeah, I was like, like it's hitting Timmy. y'all in the it's sides, Timmy. like, <laughs> it's Timmy, it's Timmy. Yeah, what a what a genius, just the thing. Yeah, the, the, just thought about <laughs> hands free driving and <laughs> Edward Scissorhands. The problem is every commercial obviously this is long-standing but it got even worse this year where it's just combinations of different either either celebrities or like their characters yeah like it's just like uh yeah uh what's his name black hand name seinfeld yeah it's um, just yeah costanza it's like costanza it's not even an algorithm because it's like truly random like it makes no sense who's in what commercial uh it, they're true they're so awful to watch i hated uh hey Drake. don't talk shit about oatley Drake about the and CEO of Oatly going up there and singing dude, a little ditty. I I like it. Like you know why? Because <laughs> so it made simple. everyone who was watching it shut up, and they were like, "What's going on?" As opposed to being like, "Oh, cool, it's like Sam it's Jackson McConaughey, and he's, and he's flat." Yeah, like it made you watch, and it like any advertiser will tell you if you just saw the word Oatly, then they won. It's not about if you like their commercial; it's about if you yeah. saw their commercial exactly. and paid attention to it. So, actually, props to that guy. I, I like what he did. Flat McConaughey is terrifying. It, yeah. is, it is deeply, deeply I, disturbing. So I haven't tried the 3D Doritos. Drew, you told me they are fucking awful. It may have been the flavor. They're basically like they were a thing like 15 years ago. Yeah, they're basically uh, bugles consistency. Mm. Uh, I like bugles. The, the flavor that we had was spicy ranch and it was awful. It tasted like B.O. <laughs> oh, no, it was so bad. Um. Anyway, uh. so Ernest, you've been really quiet about how your bets for the Super Bowl paid off. Let's talk about it. Yeah, I lost two million dollars. No, oh no, oh god, not again. 
I, I ended positive, which was good. It, it, if I had ended up in the negative, I would have just killed myself that night. I was also like crashing off like no sleep. Like I was in such a bad fucking mood by the end of that night. Because it was my, I did, my, my entire I, bet was riding on whether or not the weekend would look like he was on cocaine. You should have. And so uh, I, I just lost all my money. You should have just put down like put down a mortgage on your house that there would be a streaker at the halftime at uh during the game. Because did you guys hear the story about that? So there is a guy um, who went around to several different books, bet the max because you could only bet like up to 10 grand on most prop bets and stuff like that. Bet the max at like every book that he could get to bought himself a ticket to the Super Bowl so that he could go and be the streaker. And so he did it and he was like, yeah, I'm going to jail. But also I made over a million dollars. So that paid for my ticket and for he broke even. Yeah. No, he made a profit <laughs> off okay, of that. And I'm like, go. damn, that's that's genius. Come that's on the, the show, way to guy. Go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to talk to that guy. He's Dude, probably a Tampa swag. local. Yeah. Come on. Come on the show. <laughs> I don't want to talk about the game anymore. It was it was sad to watch. I think most neutral fans would agree it was just really sad because uh, no, no touchdown. No, on, well, because the side. first half of the game was just basically put away and you were watching Patrick Mahomes, who is like the Doing greatest like talent we've ever seen. The most in godlike intercept uh, and complete passes. Yeah, he never threw. Seen yeah, life. there was that was a great Roger Sherman tweet. He threw the five or six best incompletions ever. <laughs> like okay. we're like it was like, how did he even get it out of his arm? Like the physics of what he did were That's so sad. cool and it was all for nothing. He was getting his shit kicked in every down. His offensive line couldn't block. Uh, and on top of all that, he was dealing with turf toe, uh, which like was downplayed. But like he clearly just got a shot before the game. And then by the second half, it had worn off. He was limping and he had to get surgery like two days later. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. It's hey, Tom Brady also got his knee cleaned up. So next year, rushing threat Tom Brady is back. Now. He got adrenochrome put into it. <laughs> it sounds like a three hour tease that ended in not any sort of happy ending, but just a kiss on the peck of Tom Brady's son. Look, if I can uh, just also have a little bit more of a brag, I did a, I did a bunch of prop bets, but I put uh, my biggest bet was on the Chiefs money line as uh, the famous emotional hedge um, that I always make with myself whenever I have like a team that's in a big game and I it's like if they lose then at least i win money if they win then cool like that's fine i can take the loss on that and this year i made a profit and the team i won i wanted to win one so well the elusive middle worked out speaking of the death of hunter's finances let's speak of the death of oh oh my god (laughs) jesus christ one of the greats um we lost christopher Plummer. yeah he was very old 91 yeah so good for him long full life you can't yeah you can't be like oh shit that that sucked it's like you know he lived he did we, it we he just did saw him all. in uh an inside man a couple months ago mm-hmm. great performance there he's he's a good old guy man he's good at I, being old so i was uh i we a lot of people have died like this year but i want to put christopher Plummer on the list for us to shout him out because i feel like he is just He's in so many things that like we have grown up with. I mean, most recently he's in Knives Out and he's great. Which, in that yeah, movie. it's in Knives Out to me is like it, it's going to remain in the canon. Like Knives Out to me is like a classic, like yeah. just in terms of like sheer Instant. watchability. Like yeah. it'll be something you just put on. You can show your family like and he, his performance in that, like the whole movie hinges around him just being a good man with the yeah. worst family of all time. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I mean, he's just kind of like 
the best supporting like if you want like an older supporting actor he was just the guy you turn to for the last like 20 years like it feels like he was 80 for the last 20 years because that's usually the role he plays in like all of these movies he's just kind of always been that guy i mean uh, since his of course sound of music which is still like his most famous role that he had and then i mean of course he was a big probably most notably known for his theater work doing a bunch of shakespeare plays and stuff like that um and then he didn't get recognized for Sound of Music and was kind of like, fuck movies for a while. And just did like some hammy roles and stuff like that. But uh, I, I'll talk about it now. Um, I actually just watched a movie earlier today uh, that he finally won his Academy Award for. It's a 2010's Beginners. Um, I had I think that I had heard of this movie. Like whenever I knew that this was the movie that Plummer won his Oscar for. But I was like, ah. Is it one of those things where they just like give him Academy Award at yeah, the, the end makeup. of his life? Is like, yeah, like here's a basically a lifetime achievement award for a whatever movie. And this movie fucking blew me away, guys. It's on HBO Max now, so Can like I tell everybody to check it out. Um, the basic premise of the movie is um, it centers around Ewan McGregor's character, who's also incredible, who's a guy with depression whose dad dies a few years earlier. His dad is played by uh, Christopher Plummer, and the basic premise is that Christopher Plummer, it's told through a series of flashbacks throughout the entire film, but Plummer, um, his wife, Ewan McGregor's mom, dies earlier, and Plummer kind of realizes at the age of 75 that he's gay and is trying to like wow. finally like live this life that he's always wanted to live in his waning Damn. years and the few remaining years he has left. That's and a great story. It's so fucking good. The script is incredible. It gets depression like really right kind of just like where it's like this thing that this urge that you get where it's just like i want to push people away because i know i'm going to be alone eventually so it's better just not even form any connections to anyone um it is it's beautiful it's heartbreaking at times it definitely is a bit of a tearjerker especially given christopher Plummer's passing in real life um but highly highly recommend this movie this is not a lifetime achievement award this is very very deserving um that director mike mills he's making a movie with joaquin phoenix oh wow to be out um have you guys ever seen 20th century women haven't no i've heard pretty good things about it but i I, now after seeing beginners i'm like i really want to check out 20th century women now yeah r.i.p chris Plummer. the hills are alive with the sound of music but so Christopher Plummer finally won an Oscar. And you know what that means? Speaking of Oscars, we are officially in award season, boys. That that like generates no feelings inside me. The Globes nominations are some of the worst garbage I've ever it's, seen. I don't even want to talk we, about well, it. What the crazy thing is we don't have to. We could not. We should we should if, talk if about I'm voting. I, I'm saying let's just not. We should talk about the SAG nomination. Be the change. I just just real quick about Golden Globes. Uh they're a fucking joke. Uh Hillbilly Elegy, a movie that is dog shit by literally every account, got two nominations. Um, yeah. the best TV show of the year did not get a single nomination. They, well, the the Globes. What the fuck are we doing? Are you know it's the most bought of any award yeah. ceremony. It's, uh, and it's it, an absolute. And it's, it's also, like thirty people who vote on this from the Hollywood yeah, Foreign Press. And it's also, Nobody knows who they are. Uh, it's racist. Like, yes. it's, a, it's a racist it's a organization. Old it's yes. old European motherfuckers, and they have a like every every single thing I've read or listened to 
has not used the word racist when describing them. They say like uh, racially in traditional ra- Yeah. Racially influenced <laughs> picks, things like that. You can call yeah, them racist, racist, man. Like yeah. it's not that hard. Um, the SAG awards, though, are notable because the SAG is the largest guild of all the guilds. So every year this, you know, we have the writers and the directors and all of the technical stuff. But the SAGs, the the actors is always with every award season, the most kind of weighty mm-hmm. of them and kind of tracking the trajectory right. of award season. So. Um, the big award that they give out is uh, cast ensemble, uh, and the nominees they announced are Defy Bloods, Minari, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, One Night in Miami, and Trial of the Chicago Seven. Mm. So that right there, all of those movies are probably going to be nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, and then you know Best Picture will probably plug in four more. You know, Mank yeah, I feel like there. it's going to be a big. I feel like it, there could be ten nominees this year just because I'm pulling for it's Sound of Metal. Year. I'd love to see Sound of Metal. I don't. I don't know what kind of chance that has, but Nomadland. I mean, the isn't biggest. On here. The biggest surprise. Well, Nomadland doesn't really have a big cast. No, but it's I'm saying really like, hinges of these, on like a couple like, of performances. These are. I'd say these are kind of guaranteed for yes. best picture. Um, and I'm saying like, what are the? Other I mean, slots? Minari. It's fucking awesome to see that get yeah. nominated. Minari I, rocks. Really, the big one for me, like the big surprise. That's both good and bad is Defy Bloods getting a nomination for cast, but no Delroy Lindo for acting. That's and that is up, man. Really it's weird. Ma- it's starting to feel like I, I said this at the time when the Defy Bloods podcast came out that like too, I think it released early. too early because yeah. the voting window is weird this year. People have kind of forgotten about how incredible Delroy so, Lindo is. So in that would movie. he would he have gone he'd gone in lead, right? Probably. Yeah. So this is these are the lead actor noms. Uh, Riz Ahmed, Sound of Metal, Chadwick Boseman, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins, The Father, Gary Oldman, Mank, and Stephen Yoon, Minari. Uh, great category. Yep. Um, I think Chadwick is going to run away with this. Uh, yeah. I mean, Chadwick, I, it's, I, I, we talked about whenever we did our best films of, the, of 2020, but it's not just a gimme award because he died. Like he is, it is the best performance of his life. Yeah. He, he leaves it all on the field. Um, for actress, oh, there it is again. Amy Adams, Hillbilly Elegy. I think it's it's just because it's Amy Adams. You know, she just she's like a. It's funny that like her and Glenn Close are in the same movie because both of them are gonna have five plus nominations yeah. without a win. Viola Davis, Ma Rainey, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Yeah, that was a uh, one that I wanted to give a shout out to because also, I mean, even with the Globes, Promising Young Woman got a lot of love. Specifically, Carrie Mulligan nominated in both. Huge. That's that's big. That's starting Direct to feel the, like uh, that is going to be in the conversation oh wait what am i thinking i'm thinking about globes right yeah globes for directing yeah Yeah. now i hope she scores it listen i i'm not one to ask for much you guys you know this about me i'm I'm just over here in my corner you can do whatever you want but you know jesse buckley did a really good job oh i know i would have loved that but that that movie was never going to win awards (laughs) i know she it's just if anything kaufman though the academy doesn't really love no of course not he he, kaufman's too like he won he won his one yeah for Eternal uh, Sunshine for Eternal Sunshine because that like, is right, the most away. mainstream of <laughs> any of his movies, and they're like, "All right, yeah, go make your weird <laughs> genre bending films." Supporting actress, 
Maria Bakalova for Borat. It's starting to look like that's going to happen. She's getting all she's getting nominated in like all of these. Can we give her the win? Could we folks? Well, these these are the other nominees. Glenn Close, Olivia Coleman for The Father, Uh uh, Jung Jung Yoon for Minari. Yoon Yoo she, Jung. She's very good. Yes, she is. And great. Helena Zengel for News of the World. Is that is wait, is that grandma? The the Minari nomination? I, um, I don't know. Yeah, I believe so. I would imagine. Because I she's killed. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, the, she's the, fucking killed. She is awesome. Like it is it is one of the best. It's up there with the farewell for like my favorite grandma performances that I've seen recently in film. The safe pick here is Olivia Coleman because she already well, actually, she didn't win the SAG. She won the Oscar for the right. favorite. So they could just be like, all right, you know, we got her two years ago. Let's just let's just pick her again. But if they did Maria Bakalova, I that think would be fucking like, awesome. We're, I would be we're playing with heat here. I wonder because it is the Screen Actors Guild. Uh, how much weight would actors be willing to put into the fact that that is technically easily the hardest performance anyone had to do this year well the fact category. that she's nominated i think tells me no, that they are thinking it's just in that like way if they're going to be real with themselves though and i mean again she, uh, she needs to win acting body is the biggest part acting body is the biggest part of the academy so like if know, there the is, academy is so there, you know the academy is much more like there's a lot more going into it yeah yeah, yeah for sure i mean that's Borat was nominated for best screenplay. It's funny um, to just simply imagine what the clip is that they would, you know, Maria Bakalova and then just her like showing her pussy a hair baby. or something. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a baby inside of me. Yeah. I want her with out. her period blood. Like. <laughs> nah, dude, you gotta go with her with okay. Rudy Giuliani. This That's is the one. <laughs> this is when everything starts to go off the rails and I immediately regret even talking about this. Best Supporting Actor. Mm-hmm. Sacha Baron Cohen, Trial of the Chicago 7. Wow. Chadwick wow. Boseman for The Five Bloods. Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah. Interesting that he's in Supporting here. I guess we'll see that movie next week. Jared Leto for The Little Things. And Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami. Haven't seen The Little Things. Don't plan on it. <laughs> I think I'm going to have to watch The Little Things. I've heard not great things about it. Everything I've heard, just, I've never, uh, like, nobody's said that Jared Leto is good in the little things. Every critic that I know has just said, Jared Leto really goes for it in the little things. That a lot of times is bad when somebody is really going for it. It's something that people will often say about Benicio Del Toro, and I don't always love (laughs) what he's doing. You know what I mean? Sometimes he really went for it in The Last Jedi. Yeah, like sometimes it works great. And then other times you're like, man, he's doing it. He's doing a thing. He he clearly thought about it and made that choice. The sad thing, though, is that I could easily see him winning this shit because he's white and he's already won before. He has he has Hollywood like by the balls. It's and I don't, there's I don't no reason why. I just don't get it. Like I just, it why just doesn't do make they sense. Care to me. about Jared Leto? Like I feel like Jared Leto isn't an A-lister too. Is the thing? Like I, he is though. I, by, no, by default. Like yeah, almost like he stumbled <laughs> ass backwards and he, the, he, he got a, he got a fucking Oscar when he was young for. Um, yeah dallas buyers club and now it's just like he's on he's got to put and then like before that he was in a lot of movies that people cared about requiem yeah requiem fight club like eternal sun not no 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 sorry 30 seconds to mars um (laughs) that that's another thing that people are like wow he's like he's like he's got range do you think there's like a 74 year old like white academy voter he's just like yeah i just put on the kill whenever i'm like filling out my academy ballots I, (laughs) i think that they think that 30 seconds to mars like matters Oh, and they don't like in the grand scheme of things they had zero impact on music whatsoever you know but like i it's, don't know it, drew you could say it's a beautiful lie 
It is. It's perfect a perfect denial. denial. Yeah. Did you guys see the picture I posted on the chat of him as the new version <laughs> yeah. of the Joker? I can't, the dude. We new. we are going to have a watch party. COVID be damned uh, of watching I am uh, Snyder cut together because I I'm, I'm not be watching this movie gonna, alone, I'm, and I I'm going to be want so. To so mad if it's good <laughs> it can't. i'm gonna be so upset how is it gonna i'm gonna buy us like a fucking keg and we're just gonna watch it literally Justice there's League no together. scenario <laughs> in which it's good like it just it's i don't see it um anyway that's the sags there's i also think the- i think i am going to i not excited about it, but i think i'm gonna watch the little things and trial of the chicago seven just do it then. Just because it's it keeps getting nominated. I still need to see pieces of a woman too. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh there's also um, the now. father. And, yeah, don't uh, know when we'll get a chance to see the father. Has not unlike Minari and Nomadland. Like the father, it's like I you'll see this movie like TBD. Nobody knows. Yeah, Chris Stuckman put it as his number one movie of the year. <laughs> yeah, this is number one. He's just like you guys. I this is my number one movie of the year. Enjoy seeing it in eight months when yeah. you can finally have access to it. Um, we're gonna have to blast through everything else on this list. Um, oh. we got ketchup and I'll go first with mine. I watched a little movie called Nocturnal Animals. Yeah. Um, starring Jake Gyllenhaal mm-hmm. and Amy Adams trying to do a little bit of like filling in the gaps of some of these like really acclaimed, talented actors that do interesting movies in the margins of their bigger stuff. Um, so this is one of those movies that like came out a couple years and like made a tiny little mini splash. Uh, and then just kind of went away for a while. Written and directed by Tom Ford. Um, really interesting movie. It's it's almost like, what if Velvet Buzzsaw was good? Mm. That's kind of what this movie is. Um, but it, 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 it functionally, is it's not really at all like Velvet Buzzsaw. It's just kind of got like the general vibe of it. The whole like set in the art scene sort of thing. But the plot is entirely different. It's about it, the, bulk, hope so. the bulk of the movie is like a story within a story. Mm-hmm. Amy Adams is reading this book written by Jake Gyllenhaal. And so many of the scenes are the scenes in the book played out um, by Jake Gyllenhaal. Jake mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal is the main character in the book and you see him. Uh, uh, stranger than fiction, if you ask me. And that plot. We also <laughs> get Michael Shannon as a Texas sheriff big, in this the is book a, this is a big movie for eyes yeah <laughs> yeah um i really liked it i really recommend it it's weird as hell not for everybody um some 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 tough stuff in here um some brutal um gory just upsetting thematic stuff um but in terms of like the performances and just the overall like vibe of it again the tone that it's going for really hey, really worked for me you didn't mention army hammer look S- no <laughs> you look <laughs> uh when are we penciling in our army hammer update episode there's, like next there, week there's yeah, there's, we, um, there's a lot you guys, to talk about army Ernie, hammer. can you make coffee and yeah, we can just we can there's really a big in here there's a big possibility that army hammer is like a criminal mastermind <laughs> who has murdered uh, many people and has just like kept up a career in Hollywood as he's like being a serial killer on the side. He, um, so there's there is more to learn. He there's a lot. To, there's always been a lot to dig in with this man. Yeah. Um. How he, he essentially with all he's done, he's basically like a, a fail great grandson. 
like not it's you know so weird he's like he's successful but like just his whole vibe is like he would I, be nothing if he wasn't literally named army hammer if he wasn't the son of or the you know great grandson or whatever of armand hammer yeah well, let's, well let's, it's so i feel like his whole thing because he like got his first big break in social network as being like a chad and his whole career <laughs> has now been devoted to like telling people like i'm actually not a chad guys yeah i'm actually and a cannibal yes so yeah i was about to say let's catch up our our listeners real quick in case you haven't heard there was a big thing on twitter with uh army hammer apparently dming somebody and admitting to like cannibalism to like drinking blood and also just inappropriately dming like a few women who came forward saying like and also doing bizarre things like like lying about having sex with some model Mm. just weird shit um and he got dropped from a couple movie projects like he was supposed to be in like some Godfather movie or something. Yep. And the Coppola the the behind, the, behind scenes. the scenes. Yeah. yeah. And then his talent agency dropped him. Yeah. His fucking publicist dropped him. So it's because that's huge. That doesn't happen for anybody he, who's like a that's like a actor. body in the freezer situation. Yeah, because agencies keep people through some shit yeah like wme has spent some folks around who they shouldn't have kept around he uh he said that he quit that first film on his own volition uh it wasn't even that it was something he was filming with uh like a starlet um he said that he left just because he needed time to focus on like like proving the claim is false (laughs) (laughs) like he's gonna have fucking world do we live in army hammer is like Army Hammer needs to go to jail. Yeah, I, I thought so before. This I had is why we should wait on the episode because th- yeah. there's going to be more to come. Before sure. before there was any dirt on him, I thought he should have gone to jail. Like <laughs> he just has the vibe. He uh, he did an Instagram post like a while back where his son is sucking his toes. Oh yeah, no. I remember that. Big oh my Tom god, Brady energy. I generally like he could play Tom Brady in a fucking movie. <laughs> yes. It's not like serious, dude. He's gonna have to fucking lose like fifty pounds in his face before he can play Tom Brady in a movie. He's got the biggest fucking head Look, I've ever seen in my life. He's not great in this movie. I didn't watch it for him. Yeah, I. So I did want to ask you because I'm. I saw you said that you really like this movie. This movie is like. I remember whenever it came out in like polarizing. 2016, it was very polarizing. Why People polarizing? either loved it or hated it. Because there's some upsetting shit in it and it's not handled in a way that you that a lot of people are okay with. Like yeah. it it does the way it handles like some of the violence, it's kind of gratuitous a little bit, but it's also like you have to understand that it's like most of the violence you're seeing is through this lens of like this story within a story, you know, but you're still seeing some fucked up shit, um, you know, and the, 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 the story, it doesn't quite like give you the satisfaction and, and the payoffs that movies usually do. You know, it's, it's, it's a little kind okay. of tough in that way. More, it's a tough hang in that way. I'm more interested in this than like most of the Golden Globe nominees, yeah, that I yeah. haven't seen. I really have always wanted to check it out. Now it's Michael. On, it's, it's, Mike, what is it on? Would you watch it? On uh, Netflix. Oh, okay, cool. Michael Shannon is incredible in it. He, he is he so good. Down. And and I love Jake Gyllenhaal. I really saw it for him. Amy Adams does some solid work, but they don't really like have her do that much. She's most of her scenes are her just kind of like staring off into space, like just kind of intrigued. Just kind of distressed. Isn't she good at that? She's great. Um, Gyllenhaal is 
fucking amazing. I just absolutely love that man. I would jump off a cliff for him. Mm-hmm. Um, another man I would probably jump off a cliff for is a guy named Steven Spielberg. And he directed a movie in 1985 called The Color Purple, mm-hmm. which I had never seen. Um, trying to fill in some Spielberg gaps. Um, and this one was one of those. So put it on this weekend. Um, Lee uh, told me that this is like one of her all time, fa- maybe not all time favorites, but like one of those that like she has a lot of nostalgia for that she watched a lot as a kid. Um, and I had never seen it. So checked it out. Um, I have some mixed feelings about it. Ultimately, like it's a really well done movie. It's like really, really I mean, it's Spielberg. It's like really well made. Good performances. Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover. Like, it's just really, really good based on this big, big acclaimed novel. Um, And that's the thing is that I think that the novel is a little too big for the movie. It's it. You can feel the size of the story uh, not fitting in the package of a, a two, two and a half hour movie. Uh, just a, this giant, giant story that plays out over the course of like multiple decades. And I could feel it, you know, just kind of taking some some um, shortcuts in, in terms of like wanting to stick as much to the source material as possible. But it's still made by Spielberg. So it's still got that flair. Um, sometimes the flair is a little bit counterintuitive to what the tone should be. This is a heavy movie heavy heavy subject matter um and sometimes i wanted it to be a little bit more dark to fit the the vibe of what the story is and spielberg this was early on in his career so you know he wasn't ready to go full schindler's list you know (laughs) this was like a decade before then so i don't think he should have put the dinosaurs in it (laughs) yeah that was that was um but i think that in terms of like you know adapting this popular novel and like seeing this story important story of like generational trauma you know imagine like what it must have been like for an entire generation of of black people of african americans to have grown up in slavery and then to pass on that trauma post slavery to their descendants um it's heavy it's fucked up there's some there's some horrible shit that must have happened and you know this movie does its best to um sanitize it to a certain extent for for audiences so that it's not like you know 12 years a slave um but it's it's still heavy it's still heavy so you know is the racial aspect an issue at all while you were watching it well if by racial aspect i meant like uh like spielberg making like such an authentically black film i i don't I don't know. I think so. I think so. It doesn't ultimately not to like, like over politicize. We're talking about Malcolm and Maurice. I don't want to over politicize. I don't want to fall into the Malcolm trap of yeah, of like who can tell <laughs> stories, who's allowed to tell stories. I don't know. I think Spielberg does a, a good job. Okay. I think he does a good job, and he lets the actors act. He lets Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover, uh, Oprah Winfrey, all these great actors like really, really dig into this material. And for so much of the movie, you can tell that he's like letting them take the lead on the story, letting them, you know, kind of make this material pop in the way that it should. Um, And he's not like meddling with it in any way. So 
I, I think it's competent. There are some scenes where it's like you can tell that he has a handle on 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 how to present it. Um, and it feels different for him. I think that this was the movie where he wanted to say like, hey, I'm not just the E.T. guy. You know, I'm not just the Jaws guy. Like I can do some stuff that's a little different. And there's some scenes in here that it's like I've never seen Spielberg do this. You know, like there's one scene where um, one there's a young girl who gets like uh, kind of grabbed and taken into the woods to be uh, attacked sexually. And that's something that you wouldn't think to be in a, in a Spielberg movie and the way it's done. It's like, there's no music. It's just this really upsetting, unsettling moment. And it's, it's treated with the heaviness that it should. The whole movie isn't like that, but most of it is. And okay. so, okay. you know, okay. you take, I, I want to do a Spielberg watch through. So I, I'm, I'm curious to check this one out. Last thing I got my fucking shoes knocked off. My socks rocked. By hey, Denzel Washington, yeah. bitch. <laughs> let's fucking go, day. honey. I'm ready, dude. I hadn't seen this movie Tra- before. Training Day is one of my favorite he, movies. Period. It's it's oh. just so fun. I've been I've been putting it off for literally decades, <laughs> <laughs> and I finally got around to. It. I was like, "What the fuck? I got to do this." Denzel's the man. Mm. I need to watch more of his movies. I, I I looked at his IMDb and I was like, I haven't seen like so much of this shit. And this is like the movie. Mm-hmm. He, is, he is so yeah immense, this unbelievable, fucking powerful. He, yeah, he is not like he's not existing like as in the same way that we do in this movie. No. Like he is something. He's not plane, a human. Dude. He is mm. so unbelievably good. It almost does make sense that Ethan Hawke wouldn't get the win. And he would. Uh, Ethan Hawke absolutely, I think, deserved the win that year for a supporting actor. But it's uh, a great performance. Denzel is just like he's eating up all the screen that he's on. It's funny that Ethan Hawke was put in supporting and Denzel was in best actor because Ethan, Ethan Hawke has definitely more screen time <laughs> yeah. than Denzel. But Denzel is like such an undeniable performance that it's like you're not fucking putting that dude in supporting yeah. actor. Like, it's just it's the most uh, singular one of the most singular performances I've ever seen in that I can't imagine another actor doing it. Can you imagine someone else? No, no it's no you way. could not. No, because he is he is a he's a villain. He, he is a he's a gross, deeply just fucked up beyond flawed yeah. individual. But he has to be. But you so root for him. Insanely magnetic and likable and like power to. He has to have the power to control any room he's in yeah uh and just not many actors can do that while also being cool and nice and like seeming like cool like seeming like he's not rotten to the core even though he is that's the thing is that want to believe he's good exactly he has such a deep charisma to him that you're still kind of cheering for him even when he's like leaving ethan hawk for dead i mean (laughs) like that's there's a scene beautiful thing after spoilers for training day um after scott glenn dies Mm -hmm. Um, and they're in the car talking about like the repercussions of what happened with that character in that house, that conversation that plays out in the car, you are tricked by Denzel. You're, you're, you're completely swindled by everything he's saying. And you're like, Oh my God, it all makes sense now. He's so, I see the plan. Yeah. I see why he did this. I see everything and I understand it and I'm on board. Like he, 
and you're right there with 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 Hawk with um Jake. Jake, right? Yeah. Um that's the power of Denzel. That's the power mm-hmm. of this character too. It's it's so like this movie of course his performance is undeniable i was uh we were talking off mic and i said like because you mentioned our group chat that like you were watching training day and i was like you know what like i don't really want to fire up something like that i have to think too hard about i'm just gonna fire up training day i haven't seen it in a long time i realized that i had only ever seen this movie on cable a very different movie this is a hard r movie Uh, there's like fuck is uttered like 200 times in this (laughs) movie so completely different film watching it on cable um but it's so good the way that anton fuqua and um david Ayer, who two guys that like i don't like their other work they never anton made a fuqua movie has made this. like the fallen the like olympus has fallen movies and the equalizer films and like a bunch of like garbage david Ayer, of course made fucking bright which we uh, love, we listen to, to our commentary on that one for our feelings on that film this, this um, put them both on the map but, though especially like, air it's it's so well done. Even if like the script, it's kind of like a whatever script that's buoyed by his performance. There's still moments in the film where it's just so filled with tension. The scene where he is playing cards with the Hispanic guys. Oh yeah. And it's just, there's no score. There's kind of a score going throughout the film. It's dead silent and you're just stuck so there tense, dude. is it's masterful. It's yeah. so fucking well done. And it's the, crazy. The, just the screenwriting of like how he gets out of that situation mm-hmm. with the, the school id yeah like that oh that's perfect it's a it's like a you know it's like a chekhov's gun thing yeah or not even it's the opposite it's like how it's a hero's journey thing where you use what you found earlier to anyway though yeah the whole movie just rules it's it's dumb it gets it gets a little messy toward the end i would say um (laughs) <laughs> denzel's death scene is so awesome it's it's yeah. incredible it's the coolest rattled. fucking thing it's what's really funny is before that before he just gets absolutely like machine yeah. gunned by like swiss, one billion swiss cheese um before that he's like in the hood which he's fully lost everyone in that neighborhood's faith um they all hate him and he's just in that neighborhood yelling terry uh, for a while and and then he just leaves when <laughs> what they would have done is just killed him yeah. like he, <laughs> king kong ain't got shit on yeah me. and then he just like what does he drive off <laughs> like yeah. we don't see him yeah. but he just leaves <laughs> and then he gets killed on the way home it gets, it gets a little weird yeah they um, just kind of there's the to, whole like, thing with up. like the the three wise men characters that's just like what what is this fucking underground world of la Corruption, like i have man. so many more questions yeah now um, after seeing cops. it but i mean it's it's that's kind of the beauty of the movie is in its simple stories that's just it's just focused on these two characters and it's like yeah you see like glimpses of this other underground world that's existing but we don't Definitely. have to dive in shout um, out to snoop dogg and, snoop dr. and dr dre so snoop is good dr dre is horrible dr dre yeah. is really bad worst um, actor in the movie snoop dogg was actually surprisingly great he as was so good disabled. snoop dogg isn't bad at anything man snoop dogg you can kind of put him anywhere and he'll do whatever i smell bacon motherfucker <laughs> He's just a very natural guy. Like he just he's never tried hard at anything, I don't think. And it just works like I want him to have success, you know. 
anyway it yeah. is it it's owns, so fucking it's good. one of my faves it's on hbo max so that's why i just I want to watch it, it up. again i know it's just it's so rewatchable yeah. that i just want to fire just, it back it, up again you just want to hang with with denzel like every scene you're just like this is literally amazing and, like and, this guy is just on fire yeah and hawk is holding his own mm-hmm. when his character is so much more subdued and so aggressively white and boring yeah. it's funny like they uh I was, one crack please yeah, i was listening to um there was like a clip of an ethan hawk interview uh that he did with bill simmons a while ago uh that i listened to i was listening to a rewatchables episode about training day and they like played a little clip from it and he talks about like being around denzel and how it's like he is the biggest alpha male like in the world yeah, like it's kind of it's intimidating to be around him and like you can feel that in ethan hawk's performance in the first part of the film like that he is just like actually intimidated by denzel more than even he's intimidated by um Alonzo like mm-hmm. he's just like fuck I'm with Denzel like sure I'll smoke this PCP Denzel whatever you want <laughs> this also like watching him in something like this is also why I didn't like Inside Man like because if it's, th- it's watered this is, down this yeah. is what happens when you put him in a good movie yeah like it turns into an incredible movie I feel it well I think it, if I had to make one thing for in, uh, Inside Man to make it better I think you make Denzel in the villain part I think that movie that's crazy. That movie goes up like Clive, another Clive level. I'd, yeah. I would if you put Denzel in the Clive sw- Owen part. Switch him. I think that that is a better movie. I, I I would take Clive Owen out of there. I don't think he did good. I'm sorry, Clive. Yeah. Sorry. You've done, you've he's, he's, no, that's the thing. Is like he's fine. He's like replacement he's, level. He's like Denzel is the most like wins above replacement okay, no, no, of any no, no, no. This actor is, ever. This is, this is what you do. You you you're gonna you gotta switch everybody around. You do uh so Clive Owen is now the Jody Nazi. Foster is the Clive Owen part. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Jody Foster's the cop. No uh Dr. Clive Lonzo. Owen, Clive Owen is the, the Nazi and um Plummer is the Hey C- Christopher Plummer. <laughs> yeah, Plummer's also, the Jody yeah. Foster. That's crazy. Plummer is the, I love it. <laughs> that's it. And then Denzel's Inside the Man robber. 2. Let's call up Spike. Okay. Um <laughs> closest out with your catcher yeah um couple things uh i mentioned beginners earlier uh wanted to highlight that one um so uh we mentioned it before uh gamestop stock um the meme stocks um i did lose money uh similar uh to uh you know a little event that happened in uh 2008 the uh the the housing market collapse yeah. um yeah so i was exactly just thinking that because we did lose our house on stonks um so well the thing with uh, uh what well, i got i got know, big you know shorted yeah let me let me <laughs> act like i don't know what you're talking about. what what are you talking about over here? um so i rewatched uh the big short which was a movie we watched together i think we were living together whenever this movie came out we watched it together era. and I remember I wasn't very big on this movie at all. Like, I was just like, I don't get it. We might have been, uh, I might have been like a little bit too high uh, the first time I saw this movie. To I mean, be there were way honest. better movies um, that year. Oh, yeah. There was definitely and, better movies. And it was year. also, despite the fact that it was intentionally subverting what Wolf of Wall Street did, it was living in the shadow of Wolf of Wall Street. Yes. Yeah. You cannot understate that, like how big a deal Wolf was back then. It was yeah. a huge deal. Um, Which but, you also saw. I mean, I did, uh, I'll get to Wolf of Wall Street in just a second, but uh, the big short, like, it is definitely better on a rewatch, uh, if nothing else, that. I feel like I understand the the words that they're saying more. <laughs> not not because of my state of mind across. while watching it, but also just like 
because of you, Reddit. Yeah, just like <laughs> Reddit things and just kind of being an adult yeah. uh, more and not just like basically like living in college and yeah. not really knowing that's, anything about the world. That's really true. But also it I liked it a good amount the first time I saw it. I just like it's a I good said, movie. To me, it's it, enjoyable. It, it was just yeah, it just still sort of fell into the background of other films. But I think they did a solid job of making it sort of like the movie uh, Rounders does with uh, poker where like it's there's so much jargon but you're sort of just like vibing it out and you're yep. like you know i, I kind of it, feel like what it they're does talking about more of, than i understand it yeah it, like it makes sense you can tell by like the general tones and stuff like that that it is like that you can follow the general gist of yeah what's and, then happening they, and then they the have the fun little cutaways of course which some also contain a lot of jargon some of them work some of them don't <laughs> work the as point. much um i really think the selena gomez one at the poker table is the best one for all of that that's like the most articulate one uh because it's in just terms like of getting you to understand yeah where it's just like conflict. uh like saying like oh i'm gonna bet uh a thousand dollars that i'm going to win this hand and then somebody says i'll bet a five thousand dollars that she wins that hand and then somebody else says i'll bet a hundred thousand dollars that that guy says and so how like those stack on each other yeah, um that's, that's cool. a lot more well done than uh uh margaret robbie sitting in a tub just saying words to me <laughs> mm-hmm. um but i mean hey once again i mean the cast for this movie is fucking incredible especially steve carell he um, is genuinely great. Steve Carell, I I actually like Steve Carell more than Christian Bale, even though Christian Bale has a little bit more of the chewy performance. Like he gets the, to like put on like kind of slouch his body and put in a glass eye and do Christian Bale shit. But Steve Carell, it's like, oh damn, I've never seen Steve Carell like this before. Yeah, in a movie. he I a surprising amount of people don't care for what he did in this Carell? movie yeah that i've like i've just read a lot of comments like yeah i just don't get it uh and he's I, good he's i, really I good. yeah i love him in this and i really don't like a lot of his more dramatic work um, yeah i was i mean fox catcher is kind of forgotten the time i mean he's you know no one likes a lot of the drama stuff he's done but th- i mean this is marwin will live forever though i got guns oh, in my head no. and they won't go <laughs> um but here's one thing i'll say uh about what I've learned since then about shorts and just generally advice for both of us in the future, Hunter. I, this is like one of the best succinct tweets I've ever read. It, someone said, I don't even know nothing about the stock market, but I do know if everybody's talking about it, it's too late. Yes. <laughs> if people are talking, if Look, everyone on Twitter is talking about a stock move, that means it happened. Yeah. Look, like, well, the, the whole thing with the Christian Bale's character in this movie is that he's like they get pouring over. Yeah, he's pouring over all of these yeah. spreadsheets, doing all of this hard, hard mathematics. Well, the thing and is this, that we because we are actually on Reddit, so we should have hopped in like when I, we first learned about it, like a month or two. I ago. hopped in too early on it, and I it like I bought a sh- like short calls in October, and they and didn't, expired. Yeah, I, I bought in way too early. Yeah, because you I knew buy, about it. Yeah, but like if if before, like before it's like getting published on like New York yeah, Times if, about if, the like, stuff. You're like your girlfriend and like your uncle are just like they both know about it. Then like yeah, it's too it's over. late. If they're trying to get in on it, it's too late. Look, here's my the dad thing. made me invest some of his money because he was trying to hop in on it, and we just lost a bunch of his money. <laughs> Look, oh Jesus Christ! Here's the thing: they lost the condo. <laughs> here's because the thing: they sold, they sold the dog. Here's the thing: I know. GameStop is going down. I know AMC is going down. I know BlackBerry is going down. I know the short has probably happened. Blackberry's I know. Fine. I know that Nokia is not looking great right now. I know that it looks like we missed our chance, and they're also we've lost manipulating them. So, that but they here's the get thing: with it again, mm. I'm not leaving. <laughs> I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not fucking leaving. 
I love you. Yeah. And it, and um, guess what happened? Is it worked out great for Jordan Belfort? It only worked out great. It's not like Jordan Belfort should have left and then just not been in jail and yeah. lost all of his money. So Wolf of Wall Street. God, this movie kicks so much ass. This movie is like fucking perfect, it kicks, guys. It kicks Heine. It's, it's been sort of blackballed as, as like a film bro movie as a toxic masculinity movie for uh, the reason that film bros like it and toxically masculine people like it. Um, that doesn't mean that they get it because they, no, well, that's the thing is that talk, it's, it's very much missing the point because you know, if we're honest, we are film bros and that's fine. But like, to come away with this idolizing Jordan Belfort is so funny. Yeah. It's, well, it's so it is, it's the same aggressively thing dumb. With, um, with another Scorsese That's what, Goodfellas. Goodfellas. Yeah, I actually I put, Taxi Driver. I put like, that in my I put that in my Lairbox reviews that like Scorsese is the king of like making like horrible criminal people like horrible human beings like making their lives look fucking incredible. Yeah, but like the, that's the thing is that even in Goodfellas like eventually you have to reap what you sow. Yeah. Like it doesn't end in a good spot the, for the main character. The biggest difference with taxi driver though, is that unlike Goodfellas and Wolf, the structure of taxi driver is not first half glitz glamor mm-hmm. second half epic downfall. That's kind of even the in taxi driver though. You are kind of like, you're happy for him at the end of the movie. Goodfellas right. and Wolf of Wall Street, you're not in like exactly. happy for Jordan. It's like it's almost like the inverse a right. little bit. It with Goodfellas and Wolf, you have like this first half of like overly lifting up these despicable people and making just being in their shoes of mm-hmm. like the highest highs you could possibly imagine, and then comes the downfall. Yeah. And uh I think that in Wolf, Scorsese does a great job of like pretty explicitly telling you that it's this is not admirable behavior yeah. but and yet there are in fact i i can't take away from its detractors there are a lot of dudes who do not get that when they watch this yeah movie. i mean they and that's fair that that's man. like probably the biggest like thing against this movie is if you are going to weigh that criticism that doesn't go hard enough like goodfellas there's really no deb- like it it goodfellas definitely is a harder uh like roosters coming to crow yeah, but also Wolf of wall street does but it treats it yeah it's realistic if you are a billionaire and you get arrested guess what your jail is different from other people yeah, and, like, it's, and yeah. it's not even a question it's of a hypotheticals tennis. this is what happened yeah, <laughs> Belfort is like he's, he's tweeting freak, he's yeah. on yeah. twitter right now he's they're fine. asking they're asking he, him about stonks yeah he's i mean he's he's fun. telling people to uh to not sell their stonks as they go into the toilet <laughs> one guy i would never ever <laughs> listen to for stock advice is the guy who lied to the most people ever <laughs> um people are so dumb it's so funny it's so um great. but i will say like this is the most watchable three-hour movie ever made yeah like easily. not not a single moment of this movie drags it's unbelievable it's three hours and like i never looked at my phone or at my watch once while watching this movie yeah. it's perfectly it's pl- paced. so the the craft is unreal for how big and, and gratuitous it is it's so so well shot so precise um the, and the the excess is the point exactly right, right? it the, has the to disgust be this of big, it all like the yeah. nastiness of everything going on 
It's funny. You got your Jonah Hills. You got your Quaaludes. Okay, so I wanted to talk about Jonah Hill, like, got robbed for an Oscar in this movie. He is so fucking good in this movie. It's not even funny. Yeah. (laughs) It's like one of the best comedic performances in a movie in the last 10 years. Leonardo DiCaprio got fucking robbed. Okay, so that's the thing. Like, this is going to be. that year? Can you? Um, this was 13 2013 this was this was, this was yeah absolutely for not. fucking Dallas Buyers absolutely Club. fucking not. It's, great in this movie it's yeah, yeah McConaughey give him best actor <laughs> give him best this movie <laughs> best support <laughs> best actor for like one two and a half minute long yeah. scene Just, mm-hmm. yes mm-hmm. he owns give him best actress it's I don't so care. it's so fucking good like in like I think that this might be the movie that like 50 years from now people go to when there's like Leonardo DiCaprio this is what he was like Why? Yeah. because this is like I think that the Academy just didn't recognize him for it because they're like oh he's just playing Leo but like Leo was born to play this role this is a role that we talked about Denzel and Training Day you could not replace Leo with any other actor. No, in this movie I really don't know who, who can play Jordan Belfort nobody has the charisma that yeah he well he has the charisma but also as I've documented, because I do a lot of documenting of actors' faces, uh, he we know this. he lost like his golden look. Like it was, it was in the process of fading away. At this point, he has alcoholism yeah, face. He has a circle eight, head, but it works better because Jordan Belfort is not a good looking. No, dude. he's well, Leo is still like a thousand well, times no, more. Yeah, exactly. Than so him, he has so. to have the uh, magnetic quality that Leo had had his entire career. But also, you have to not trust him. He has to be a little slimy, which Leo is in real life. I want to shout out some of the um, all of like the extended cast in here. Mm. But before then, I just pulled up the quotes page on IMDb. My favorite exchange is with the McConaughey scene. You got to stay relaxed. You jerk off. What do I jerk off? Yeah. Yeah. I jerk off. Yeah. How many times a week? Like um, three or four, three or four times, maybe five. Got to pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. I myself, I jerk off at least twice a day. Yes. Wow. Once in the morning, right after I work out, and then once right after lunch. Really? I want to. That's not why I do it. I do it because I fucking need to. <laughs> Absolutely. Just like, just go in the bathroom, crank one out real quick. <laughs> yeah. He didn't know that they were filming when he said all that. Um, Marty Marty just like whispers over to the cinematographer like, keep it rolling. But yeah, th- this movie, yeah, this movie's so over the top and disgusting, and I love it. Here's some of the other people that are in this movie: Margot Robbie, Kyle Margot Robbie's Chandler, like her star-making performance. Rob Reiner, John Bernthal, John Favreau, mm-hmm. John Dujardin, uh, Shea Wiggum. Um, I think like uh, what's his name? Thomas Middleditch is yes. in this movie. Yeah, Thomas yeah. Middleditch he just pops up for like a line or something. Kristen Malati. Yeah, yeah, it's it's nuts, dude. It's so fucking good, man. It's it's just, I'm sad it's not on Netflix anymore for because I just like had this movie like in my watch list. And it would be a thing where I just like throw on, watch 40 minutes of it, and then like I'm like, oh, I gotta go do something. I can just fire it back up, and I'm like, yeah, I'm back in the zone right away. You can hop in at any point in this movie. Great it's movie. beautiful. It owns. That's the show today. That's Wolf of Wall Street. I'm not fucking leaving. I'm not fucking leaving, but we got to leave this podcast. So no. stick around for next week. Um, listen to our Malcolm and Marie review. If you haven't already, please rate, review, subscribe. Thank you for donating. Follow us, email us, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
entire climax of the movie is this moment. Because the first movie is like, Mumble is just like, I'm a dancing penguin and everybody's like, that's fucked up. You're, You're gay. You're <laughs> singing penguin. Yeah. And then in this movie, everybody's dancing. <laughs> everybody's dancing. And then it's all about how like, it's not just the penguins that are dancing. It's all of the other animals and everybody's dancing together. And so to to get these uh, um, uh, penguins to be free, they all dance in sync together uh, to break open with the rhythm of their feet. They break open the iceberg. And George the mo- Miller, what are you doing? The moment, the moment where the ice breaks is when the foot of the penguin on top of the iceberg matches with the foot of the tiny krill underneath the ice at the exact same moment they touch and it all cracks and breaks open. Dude, because the whole point of the krill is Brad Pitt and Matt Damon. With, the I fucking forget, cast in these movies I forget, is I forget which ones, I forget which one's which. The I think Brad Pitt is the one who is having the existential crisis. And then Matt Damon's the one that's like, hey, man, get back to the krill swarm. And he's like, no, I have more important things to do with my krill life. And it it culminates in like the, essentially the so Brad, Brad Pitt, Pitt dances. And that's what yeah, saves everybody. Yeah, the Brad Pitt krill is like the one that's like, I'm not just a krill. Like I have like a bigger purpose to my existence i'm not here to just like swim around as part of this massive swarm of krill and then get eaten there's got to be more to this (laughs) this is madness (laughs) like this is insane it's just bizarre it's just bizarre bizarre bizarre